Hey, kids. The funkiest and freshest thing you can probably do is uh, go to patreon.com forward slash TV and throw us a couple bucks a month. It's a cool way to put on sunglasses and roll around on some cardboard like you do. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro games episode. Yep. And this week we are reading your responses to Starflight and Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. For, mm-hmm. uh, for writing those, there's uh, we record these all at once, so that call to action was at the end of last week. Uh, these do not include any of that. Um, this is all stuff that came in before. Yep. But uh, yeah. And uh, we've been recording for a very long time uh, for ver- two very short games. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get started here right away with a little bit of follow-up. Uh, Fabian here says via contact. Well, I just now found the podcast. I'm listening to a lot of the older episodes I like. Uh, I don't know if it's still relevant, but in the Alpha Protocol episode, you asked if someone knows a game in a Middle Eastern scenario where you don't just shoot people. I wanted to bring up 1979 Revolution Black Friday to your attention. It's a telltale style game telling a story of a journalist during the Iranian Revolution. It's by no means a perfect game, but it's definitely something refreshingly different. Greetings from Germany. Thanks, Fabian. Yeah. Um, Thank you for writing in about that because I, I, I've i seen that in my uh, Steam recommendations, but I haven't paid too much atten- attention to it because Steam recommendations are not very reliable most of the time. Oh, I've especially found. for someone like you who likes visual novels. <laughs> Like it's probably a lot of garbage. <laughs> yep, buddy. it's probably it's a lot of uh, anything with Sakura in it. I know it's going to try and show me some uh, anime vagina outlines. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I just uh, you know, do you like underage sex? <laughs> um, um, yeah, but, but this uh, is, yeah. No, I just said so, so. I've seen this like to, to. I mean, no game is perfect, obviously, but uh, to hear that it's a thing, like I've looked at it, and it's funny because when I went to uh, open up Steam and search for 1979, it was actually on my front page. So oh, cool. like. It's seen like, you know, I think it's still in progress maybe as we're recording this. Uh, I'm curious about it. Yeah, me too. Maybe we'll do it for Comrade at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like the idea of that setting being not necessarily violent because that mm. is how video games are portrayed. It. Right. Let's portray it as complicated and nuanced, uh, mm-hmm. just just like it is. Uh, Actually, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, thanks, it's always fun to hear people from uh, different parts of the country. Uh, oh, for world. sure. Um, whatever parts say, of the country, Germany, <laughs> Illinois. Yep, yeah. Germany, Illinois. Um, I'm not going to put this in the uh, in the like the form. I'm not going to put in like, hey, where are you from? But like, if uh, if you're, you know, just put put in where you're from. Like, if you put that at the end of it, I would love to uh, to hear where you're from. Yeah, yeah. a lot of podcasts do that. Uh, stuff you should know do that for their letters and everything too. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Gary, uh, along with the uh, telltale, telltale kind of uh, kind of stuff, I'm very late to this party. Have you played Life is Strange? Uh, I downloaded and intended to. I know you just recently played through it. Yeah. Um, and it's been on my list for, you know, just to play next time I feel like a Telltale game. So mm-hmm. I have not yet. Yeah, it's really good. I like it a lot. It's good. Yeah. I, when It was when you were first playing and you were talking about the teen speak. I knew that would be a thing for me. And I was like, it, it, I don't, it, I don't it, like it, that. It fades into the background okay. so quickly. Oh, my gosh. I don't want it, really it to does. be like Juno. Like, it, no, like no. that ruins Juno for me. It's, I hate it's, Juno. It's only like um, um, E1 and E2. Okay. Um, and then eventually it becomes like they start with these archetypes and then, you know, it actually turns into characters. So, yeah. And yeah. and I know that a couple episodes will be enough of a, you know, will be a small enough investment to where I can get past it. Um, yep. yeah. So I, I've been meaning to play it. I, I will definitely yeah. end up playing it. It's uh, a, yeah. as, as somebody who likes telltale and uh, like on home kind of stuff, I would say like, go for it. It's uh, a, yeah. I, I had a very good time with it. I will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actual responses about the games at, uh, at hand here. Uh, let's go with Timothy who says, uh, my best friend growing up had a Genesis and I had an, uh, I had all Nintendo consoles. So instead of a Capulets and Montague story of unfounded suicide, ours was a relationship of sharing the best of both worlds. Thank God. <laughs> this could have ended very differently. I'm a ghost right into a podcast. My best friend killed himself because of 
<laughs> Maybe because he had a Genesis. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so he got to play Mega Man X and Super Mario World, while I get to play Sonic 2 and Toe Jam and Earl. Though he had Panic on Funkatron, I think the first one was far more memorable, and we waste a couple of hours every few weeks trying to build our ship and get out of the nightmarish multi-level purgatory. Uh, the game was silly, and the fact that uh, the items were completely randomized felt like a pre-QA checked games bullshit. Um, uh, but it was overall our personal affinity for its flavor of red and stimpy-like nonsense that kept us coming back for more. The split-screen co-op was, at times, nauseating, and uh, there, uh, there was more than one occasion where one of us would fall a few levels down over the edge of the world, and we'd just give up for the day. Despite all of these complaints, you can't deny uh, the great soundtrack, um, unique for the time gameplay, and Funkalicious 90s flavor. Thanks for making uh, thanks for making a watch out for fireballs of it. You're welcome. Yeah. Monkey's paw wish. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah. it's it's one of those things. So even though these uh these uh response episodes come after we savage a game like this, like I don't I don't doubt anybody's you know genuineness when they talk about having a lot of fun playing this game with their friend you know mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's possible to have fun with something that is bad <laughs> you know, or i mean it's also obviously it's possible for you not to think this is bad and we went over that a lot in the last episode yeah but it's also possible to like something i i uh thinking about uh bonfire side chat stuff when like i and during the live stream where i did a bunch of chalices with jeremy yep had a bunch of fun it was like oh that was the best time like i was on stream i was doing it with a really good buddy yeah it was really fun you know, and it's like, it, I don't think that changes what I think of those games. It was just, I had fun with it. Yep. You know, that has value, but it doesn't have infinite value. Right. Is where I come on it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that, that fun is real, you know, mm -hmm. fun is real. <laughs> just like feelings are real in any of those things. Yeah. Every, yeah. All, all of that stuff is real. I spent a bunch of time when I was young, uh, making D and D characters that never play, like just yeah. rolling them up and then just like sitting there and <sighs> Fuck, looking man. at them and then do that forever. 85. It's like that. 85% of our audience did that. Like, are, are, are you going to come at me with that? Really? Like as a, as a, as a thing that makes a point. I'm just being a garbage man. I just mean that like, it doesn't necessarily mean that was like a good time. Like that was like, yeah, a, it wasn't a good, a use good of game. <laughs> yeah, you, know, it wasn't a good, you know, it's just something I spent a lot of time doing and had a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I, I specifically picked it because eighty-five percent of the audience did it, not because, <laughs> yeah. in spite of that, <laughs> not because it would be an extremely poignant. Thing. Yeah, not not an outlier because it's something that is a good example. <laughs> yep, of what I meant. Um, <laughs> anywho, uh, <laughs> uh, Chick says via contact. Uh, I'm excited that you guys are finally covering a game I have a lot of experience with. My brother and I used to play Tojam and Earl's kids at my grandma's house. She was the cool grandma that had both an NES and a Sega Genesis. That was a cool grandma. That's me editorializing. This was one of the games that she had. We could spend uh, hours trying to find all the places and end up getting killed by a pack of nerds or an angry lady with a grocery cart. Honestly, we just had more fun exploring and opening presents. It wasn't until years later that my brother and I revisited the game and finally beat it. It was a moment of pure joy. Come on, it took us over six years. <laughs> it also gave us some great family memories. My mother came into the room after uh, the person playing Earl died. She looked at the screen and said, Earl is a what? Oh, a goner. I over I later overheard her state to my grandma uh, that because of the font, she thought that it said boner. Uh, for some reason, grandma couldn't remember the name of the game and would often refer to it as toe jerk and Ernie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
Keeping with the tradition, my brother and I eventually rented Toe Jam & Roll 2 Panic on Funkatron. We were a bit disappointed. A side-scrolling alien capture game was not what we expected from Toe Jam & Roll. Wasn't a bad game, but it didn't fit the franchise. Anyway, thanks for finally reviewing this game. If you ever do an event in Cleveland, I will try to make it. P.S. Uh, we need more Scorpion Dad. I make that noise for my eight-month-old daughter, and she loves it. Gary, let's, uh, let's give him what he wants. No, let's take it clean. Go ahead. <laughs> so, that's very cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like cool grandma. I, yeah, I like, I like, I like, I like and Ernie a lot. I like uh, Earl as a boner. Um, I would love to have just like a list of uh, parents. They're like what they think video games are called. Mm-hmm. Like a list of parent malpropisms for video games because those right. are really universally pretty charming and great. Yeah, so, I agree. That. Oh gosh, so true. <laughs> yeah, Ernie. Uh, Ernie. Cool. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Garrett writes: Two Jam and Earl is uh, quite possibly the funkiest game on the Genesis. This was another game where a lot of my memories uh, uh, for it is my parents, is from my parents, rather. Um, I can distinctly remember my mother yelling at my father for just opening presents without saying anything. Um, And it being a present that randomizes all of the presents again. Um, It's also a game that I remember my parents beating. Uh, Then they got the the, the second one, and it didn't quite work on our Genesis, so we had to end up returning it. So I never uh, really got to play the sequel. I like the game, and co-op is really fun, but it also has some issues. The enemies can screw you over pretty easily, and your ways to deal with them is pretty limited. The core for a great game is there, uh, though, and uh, and some more playtesting could have made this a great game. Um, it is, however, pretty unlike anything else that I have played. I couldn't point to anything else uh, that is like this, which is really something when you think about the wealth of indie roguelike games uh, that we see currently. Uh, with luck, the Kickstarter will be good. Where it stands right now, though, I think that it is a pretty average game with some major flaws, some good ideas, and a really cool aesthetic. Also, it has a pretty sweet soundtrack. It does have a really good soundtrack. Yeah. That now, is, there aren't are very many songs in the soundtrack, but they are all pretty universally pretty cool. Yes. Um, man, oh man. Like, just uh, so many of these got stuck in my head when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird because, like, there's not a lot of melody to it. Like you would expect hmm. in, you know, like in a, uh, like a 16 bit and earlier kind of game. Like yeah. most of it is just kind of like rhythm and accompaniment. It's a groove. Yeah. yeah. You know, for, for walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I love like, so, you know, uh, people were unlike me and that they had parents who really liked games that weren't Tetris. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my dad liked games, but he just played Tetris all the time. Um, I couldn't imagine you know, growing up in a household uh, in a household where like Toe Jam and Earl was worth uh, worthy of notice, um, let mm. alone worthy of argument like this one is. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, I could totally see that, like as a little kid, like making this more of a fixture in your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, something that like kind of unlocked for me when during that response, and it's only kind of vaguely related, but I brought it up during the main episode. But the kind of basic mechanics of this imagine a game that played like and looked like zombies ate my neighbors mm-hmm. but had randomized levels with those tile sets and randomized item placement yeah like that would be kind of the version of this that works because those those weapons are more effective the enemies are not so overly hostile they have stun animation movement is pretty quick and snappy movement's real quick and snappy that your ways of like modifying yourself are interesting and powerful yeah like that's kind of what you would need to do i think gosh i so would that game work in would it just work by itself or would that only work in context of like 
a zombies at my neighbors that was 50 levels that were very strictly designed like i you know thinking back to it now experiencing that game the way that i did i could see playing through zombies at my neighbors thinking like yeah this was a really tough game and then just here is an expansion or a sequel or a semi-sequel but like it looks roughly the same maybe there are a couple of new elements but like we've added this randomization kind of side to it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean maybe that would that would not work i just think that like that's the kind of uh control and gameplay no. kind of part of this that you would need yeah and the fact yeah. that that actually has kind of a tile set rather than just big blank empty levels <laughs> like you could do like if you with a with you know with some control and stuff but a randomized shopping mall mm-hmm. would not be that much worse than the shopping mall in zombies mm-hmm. ate my neighbors right right i still want it i just uh it's, yeah i'm just trying to figure out where the context would work best to like make it really really hit the most and and that game could also accommodate this kind of flavor too yeah you know, like some some assets could like come almost right over. You know, it, it is <laughs> yeah. it is that is weirdly the most like in a lot of ways a pretty similar game to this. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. almost it has almost more in common with this or as much in common as like Chocobo's Dungeon does. Yeah, it just kind of uh, that that's kind of what I want. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's a non sequitur to go. No, response, no. But it's just you, uh, you made me think of zombies, which is a game I really love. So me too. Thumbs up. Yeah. It, <laughs> that's, that's that game is great. <laughs> um, Alex says via contact I need to play lip service or pay lip service to ToeJam and Earl yeah it was an evolutionary dead end but I love ToeJam and Earl 1 and 2 for completely different reasons saying that I can't deny any of the criticisms you're bound to make I recognize they are flawed but not in ways that bother me enough to give them a thumbs down now on to Starflight holy shit talk about a secret killer app I know you will probably pour a lot of sugar on this game and I could do the same but I'd rather bring up the manual and there will be a link in the show notes as we mentioned um, this is easily worth the price of admission the flavor fiction, the full color interior pages with monster manual S descriptions are a highlight, but the whole thing is just perfect. When people say they don't make games like they used to, this is exhibit A. This is one of the prizes of my Genesis collection. Yeah, if you have a physical copy of this, hold on to that like grim death, man. Yeah, it's it's real cool. And when we just talked about, um, we did Fantasy Star and we talked about the Fantasy Star 2 manual, which is also mm-hmm. something I have a lot of affection for. Yeah. The Genesis might be like a good secret manual system. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, just I because, mean, uh, having that kind of the context and stuff, but this, this definitely feels the fact that this was a PC port probably means like, you know, I don't know this to be true. Cause I never owned a box copy of this on DOS. Right. I wonder if those inserts were like cardboard cards, like these were feelies, mm-hmm. you know, that they're emulating through the manual. And there were just so many of them though. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah, you, I mean, you could, you could do that kind of thing. It, it feels like the same these being here feels like the same impulse that creates feelies yeah yeah you know no, it's kind of like you should get a lot of stuff with your game yeah you, you know? know it's it, so this is something that we didn't really do intentionally i don't think that we set out to have like a month of genesis coverage but mm-hmm. like this is presenting the genesis in a really really good light that isn't just as a sonic machine mm-hmm. you know I, or, I as a, like or as a sport, show, sport we've, machine we've kind presented of the genesis as like the best it could possibly be really on the show. Yeah. We, we, we've cherry picked for sure. Yeah. It just uh, like, the, like this past couple, this past couple of times, you know, we've, we've taken a bite at the apple. We have, we've kind of come back with some stuff that was like, I don't know, like kind of below notice almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for, for me personally, as somebody who, you know, like, primarily had the genesis as a sonic machine and like you know played sports games on it and stuff and kind of went to the snes for depth and other kind of things that like i kind of value in games now like coming back to this kind of stuff you know really raises the the genesis up in its estimation you know mm-hmm. yeah I think this, this is kind of how i've always valued the genesis yeah. as somebody who was like not crazy about sonic and like 
the platformers, the things that people really love, like like I can take or leave Vector Man. Like Vector Man's fun, mm-hmm. but it's not mind blowing for me. Yeah, you know, it's like, not, like it's like not as good. As, Vector Man falls into the, like the Donkey Kong Country kind of kind of camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it it's just it's it's not something I'm gonna. It's not Destination playing mm-hmm. but like this is the stuff that i've always been into the system for yeah and just kind of because i formed by my cousin's taste i'm sure um <laughs> who not coincidentally like that's the son of the uncle who got me into adventure games right and stuff too and had a lot of these kind of weird pc games um that's kind of what i've always associated the genesis with yeah you know which is not i i'd be curious as to how like i mean i know toe jam and earl sold really well i'd be curious to how like how well Shadowrun Genesis sold or how well Herzog's Y sold or how well mm-hmm. Starflight sold. Yeah. You know, whether this was like actually if these were popular games at the time or if they're just beloved or if they're just beloved by me. Yeah, I mean, just like if they're anomalous in a way that makes it that that, that, that makes them very, very accessible to our approach, you know, had, in, um, in our retrospective or, glance. Yeah. I had one of those, you know how you have um, those feelings of a, uh, when you like vehemently disagree with like a podcast or something like that. And it actually, you know, it's like, Ugh! uh, and that, that doesn't happen that often. I'm usually just don't care. But, um, one of my early, cause this, this is probably why is because it was several years ago. One of my earliest experiences with that was, um, back in very early days of, uh, one up retronauts. They did, um, when the new shadow run for Xbox came out, they did, um, a little like video thing, um, uh, where Jeremy Parrish walked around the office and asked people about, the old Shadowrun games. <laughs> um, he asked like Scott Sharkey about it and Scott Sharkey was just like, you know, the Genesis one kind of sucks. And he said a bunch of things I feel like are like not true. And I mm-hmm. had that moment of like, I didn't do it, but I was just like, I'm going to write in. <laughs> you know, I'm going to uh, write it you know, and exert editorial control over this thing. Over this, prob- it, over you probably record, recorded like three weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. And I, I didn't do it obviously, but I had this very strong moment of just like, no, you don't understand it. Like I do. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't say anything. About it. That was one of my earliest feelings of that. Yeah. Was somebody not understanding that game because it's that's such a valuable thing for the system for me, mm-hmm. you know, and there, there are other examples, too. Like you end up with stuff like um, and these are some of these are bad games, but like things that like the Genesis is, I think, the first system I played the Immortal on um, it, like sort of Vermilion. Like there's yeah. these weird, you know, uh, Shining Force, like there are weird mm-hmm. games that have this kind of they just aren't experiences that are transferable. Yeah. Like in history, like it's not that the Genesis was. Uh, versus the Super Nintendo, they are actually very different, mm-hmm. like really yeah. different experiences, at least the, for my associations. Like the, the the most notable things about either of them didn't intersect. There was plenty yeah. that intersected, but like that was the kind of like the the bland gray mush that you know just kind of like was the middle part of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good way to put it. Where like the things that were the most notable were very different. Yeah, and it ended up being things that I liked. You know. I yeah. like both of those things that were very notable. And I wonder how much of that is just kind of the, the the fact that we kind of update our context, right? Like, as all of the consoles have gotten more and more similar, you know, and had just like, okay, this third-person shooter is on this system and this third-person shooter is on the other one. I wonder how much that kind of contracts the difference between these very divergent kind of sources, mm-hmm. you know? Like yep. it just, you know, if we, if we underestimate the way that these were different way back when there were fewer rules for the way games had to be. Yeah. I buy it. Yeah. yeah. Close us out. <laughs> Close us out here with Greg, who says, I was an SNES kid growing up at one summer uh, night in 1992. I'm over at my friend's house playing their Genesis. We pulled our limited money and his willing mom to rent some Genesis games. 
Um, and I almost lost it when I saw Starflight at the game rental store. I had no idea that the game had been ported uh, to Genesis, and I convinced my friend uh, that it was worth spending the $2.95 to rent the game for the night. Skimming through the manual later, I loved how detailed it was, and the sci-fi story was a cool touch. And I knew, uh, uh, sorry, uh, and I knew that it was unique for this version of the game. Uh, since uh, this is context that it cut out, uh, Greg had played or been aware of Starflight for the PC. Um, trying the game out, uh, we got the hang of it right away. The graphics and music had been uh, given a very nice upgrade. Controls were easy to figure out and mapped well to the Genesis controller. Uh, voice had been added to the game, which was very cool. And the whole sequence about landing and exploring planets was totally different in this version and much easier to use. The planet landing and exploration and takeoff parts I had found the most slow and annoying to the original PC version, um, and this was so much more fun here. All in all, I really loved the update and the ease of use considerations uh, that this port of the game had been given, and we spent all night playing the game, taking turns passing the controller off uh, to each other and both of us loving it. We didn't beat the game, of course, uh, but we made uh, more progress in it than I ever had before on the PC. In college several years later, when Genesis emulation had become a thing, Starflight was one of the first games that I emulated with the help of game guides, uh, now, uh, sorry, the game guides that were now on the internet, um, and was able to beat the game. This is a game that I return to every few years. I've since played and beaten the sequel uh, as well, and while it's a good game, I think that the original is better. Um, I give Starflight all the credit in the world. Uh, so many games and developers take homage and inspiration from this game, uh, from Star Control 2 to Wing, uh, Wing Commander Privateer uh, to the original Mass Effect. Um, it was an amazing game for its time, but the original game is almost unplayable 30 years later unless you have strong nostalgia for it, whereas the Genesis version holds up very well today. It's too bad that uh, the port of the game has two major bugs. Sometimes your ATV on planets uh, can get swept away by a windstorm in the quest to destroy the Ulak brain world uh, with the super bomb uh, and remove it from the game doesn't quite work cor uh, correctly. Uh, meaning that you uh, have to deal with those wicked hard ships all game long. Bugs aside, Starflight is a classic in every sense of the word and should be played by anyone who even has a faint interest in space games, trading games, or exploration games. Can't wait to hear you guys talk about it uh, on the podcast, and I hope that Cole enjoys it as much as Gary and myself do. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, um, I don't know that I can you know, enjoy it as much as you guys, as you guys do because of uh, nostalgia and uh, coming to it earlier, but I have, uh, let, let's call it an academic and clinical appreciation uh, for the mechanics and the systems and the way that they interact. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and that, that precedent, yep. you know, that, that's it. Cause it was, it was pretty undeniable. I think, mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't think the original is quite that unplayable. Like when it first came out for GOG, I, I spent a little bit of time with it and, yep. and had some fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is the, the, still the definitive version, even despite the bugs, just because, you know, I really like the music and visuals mm -hmm. and, uh, and I really like the, um, you know, we, we didn't talk about that voice thing, but like that became a very Pavlovian thing for me, <laughs> like the rhythm of that. Yeah, you just got stuck. You know, uh, can, 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 can can you give some examples of the way that that uh, manifests? Well, just the like you know, uh, shields lowered. Like there's there's something to that cadence mm -hmm. analyzing. Yeah. Again, it just comes down to those sound effects. It, it reminds yeah, me of when uh, me and Jeremy do um, Days of the Future Cast, which we we talked about um, with the X Men animated series, which has a lot of problems. But one of the things that it's wonderful in is vo the voice acting, not the acting, but the character, like the voices. 
the, the actors that chose that are playing the characters and sound effects in that show are great. Mm-hmm. Like they're just perfect. And like certain like kind of like cadences or turns of phrase will get stuck in my head because they're just charismatic. You know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, thanks everybody. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for writing in. If you have any thoughts about, um, let's say, Super Mario Galaxy, uh, Punch Out, we've already recor- recorded that episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. you know, if if anything, if you have any out, thoughts about Punch Out, <laughs> stick them in a sack. No, I did like <laughs> s- s- send them in. There just might not be a place to put them. Um, yeah. Or Resident Evil Four, which is our uh, fall survival horror game, and we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be announcing the uh, the poll here really soon. Gary and I just have to talk about what it's gonna be. I can't wait to fend off a bunch of people saying that this isn't strictly survival horror. <sighs> that's going to be, that's going to be a God blast. Damn. I, uh, <laughs> Gary, as, as, as the person who is closest to our orbit, who can possibly act as the gatekeeper for survival horror. Um, we're fine. We are a okay. In talking oh, no, about I was this. Being sarcastic. Okay, cool. I'm not actually worried about it. <laughs> um, no, um, I'm, I, I'm gatekeeping the gatekeepers. Fuck okay. you if you say that RE4 isn't survival horror. If we were doing RE5, I could totally see the case. But no, no, this yeah. this counts. This fucking yeah. counts. Gatekeep, gatekeeper keeping. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We want to hear what you have to say. Yep. Um, if you want to support the show, um, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you can go to duckfeed.tv forward slash store uh-huh. by premium episodes. Um, what is the uh, we sell T-shirts now yes. all the time duckfeed.tv slash uh shirts um is where you can get that that is a kind of misnomer because it is a bunch of designs that can go on shirts or different kinds of garments um and also like mugs and notebooks and stuff people are sending us pictures all the time um and all those are reasonably priced and um everybody has kind of said like yeah this is the like these are really good quality yeah yeah it is uh you know you should pick up pick up some shirts mm-hmm. um yeah we really appreciate that um you can do all those things I don't know that we have much in the way of deleted scenes because we talked business. Yeah, we will see if some pop up bonus. If not, uh, no mm-hmm. bonus. Yep. <laughs> um, but um, thank you guys very much for listening. Yep. And uh, we will see you guys uh, in a week. Mm-hmm.